beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Cause it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. Hey everybody, I'm Hannah. And I'm Chelsea. <sighs> Welcome to Smut Club. Where we talk about smut. Which is Some just, of it's good. Mm, Some of it... Most of it's bad. <laughs> yeah. We we literally we the last episode we reviewed we were like we're talking about it and we're like have we ever have we ever given a book like a solid like ten out of ten or five out of five or anything no not on the podcast I know we have on Goodreads yes like you and I like I have rated on Goodreads I think like Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover mm. I rated five out of five um. Wait for it by Mariana Zapata. Oh, I like that one. Yes, um, I think I also gave Hands Down a five out of five. Which did I you? Don't know re- if I read that one, did you read The Wall of Winnipeg and Me? Mm-mm. Okay, so The Wall of Winnipeg and Me. I feel like that's the big one that like most people know Mariana Zapata for. There's a dude named Aiden. We love the name Aiden in a romance novel. Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden has um, is. It's the whole book is Aiden and Vanessa. Wait for it is Vanessa's best friend, Diana. Right. Um, There's another football player who like Aiden plays for like the Dallas 300. It's a whatever made up football team. Um, And one of the other players, Zach, lives with him. Mm -hmm. And so um, hands down is about Zach. And... Um, there's another book by her called like the best thing or something like that. Um, that's about like a MMA or like UFC fighting gym, something of that classy. Right. Um, and it's like the girl who works at the front desk in that book. So it's the girl from the best thing or whatever it's called. And Zach from the wall of one. And like, I, Zach is one of my favorite, like I adore Zach. Noted. And How so, did we start talking about Because this? I gave it a five out of five on <laughs> okay, Goodreads. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. You, yeah, read more <laughs> Mariana's Pata, bitches. Like, <laughs> that is what the world needs. Apparently, um, yes. what the world could have lived without <laughs> was There Are No Saints by Sophie Lark, which is what we are reviewing today. And I will tell you, I found this um, on TikTok. So I don't remember who it was, but... Um, one, I found a video, this woman was saying like, these are all of my top really dark reads. If you want something dark, this is for you, blah, hmm. blah, blah. And I was like, okay, like, I'll, no, I'll give it a go. I like a good dark read. I'm, I, I like the dark. I'll try it. I'm into it. Um, so I, it's been a real struggle for me not to tell Chelsea details about this book because it it just is something else. Um, my poor husband, when I was about 40% of the way through, I just like word vomited all over him about all of it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And he was like, I, I, I don't know. He's like, you okay, baby? Like, please talk to someone else about this. 
like, you're like, this is what you have Chelsea for. Pray, this basically, is not- basically, like, what's the point of this fucking podcast if I still have to listen <laughs> to these stupid books? So anyway, um, I, I thought you had the podcast as an outlet, <laughs> so I didn't have to be exactly. You know, at least like, so we record the podcast at my house, and so at least. Matt gets a reprieve. He Vance does. does not. Vance doesn't. Vance just sits here and listens to every single episode. And then edits them. And the look of horror on his face. <laughs> Some of the times I'm like, I'm so sorry, honey. Yeah. And he's like, so so this is what you read? It sure is. And I like I saw a TikTok that I actually think I sent to Hannah recently about um, like how women will just sit there Straight face, <laughs> yes. reading like the most aggressive sex scenes, yes. and especially like when you're reading it on your phone or on your your Kindle, Kindle or something. Yeah. Like no one's seeing the cover of these books. No one has yep. any idea. Mm-hmm. The horror within. Yeah, when people are like, "What are you reading?" I'm like, "I don't." You don't want to know. Yeah, like especially when it like. So one of my um life coaching clients was like, yeah, my goal is to read 18 books this year. And I've read 10. And I was like, oh yeah, my goal was to read 200. And then I got pregnant. So I bumped it down to 150 and I've read like 125 so far. And he's like, oh, any recommendations? And I was like, truly not. Absolutely not. Like, (laughs) I'm like, and I don't know what that says about me that I've read 125 books this year. And I'm like, how many would I recommend? Yeah, I've read 204. I did post, I know, right? I did do a review for a book that I read recently. I think it was The One You Love by maybe, I don't remember. I don't remember. But I read it and I audibly went, ugh, at the end of the book. (laughs) Like audibly was like, ugh. And when I... (laughs) When I reviewed it on Goodreads, that was my review. I audibly said, ugh, at the end of this book, highly recommend one star. (laughs) And honestly, that's the perfect Goodreads review to me. And I say that as if we don't sit here and discuss a single book for like two hours. Um, But it's an extended reaction video, but in a podcast for a book. No. On Goodreads, I always try and leave one sentence reviews. Yeah, me too. I'm like, it's, I'm like, that's all that needs to be said. That's all that needs to be done. You get a one sentence review. Two, if I'm feeling spicy. Sure. But like, but then we also sit here and talk about them for hours. So it's a lot of sentences. And that's this one, y'all, there are no saints. It's just buckle up. Okay. And if we're sensitive Maybe don't listen. Although if you're a sensitive person, you probably haven't made it past like the first one because blood play. If you're a sensitive person, we're glad you're here. We love you. We appreciate you. It is a safe space for you, as safe as we can make it while also making it safe for everyone who is not a sensitive person. Sure. Sure. So so this book has two points of view. Um, We start out with uh, Cole Blackwell, classic character name in these books. Um, He's an artist. He's at a show. If you heard that horse running across, it was actually my six-pound partially hairless cat. Craig's living his best life. He is on one today, and I don't know what it is. I'm here for it. He's had no catnip. This is not. (laughs) 
This is au naturel. Yeah, this is just his resting state, and we love him for it. We really but do. sorry if— That's okay. Oh, I wasn't apologizing to you. Oh, I just assumed. <laughs> it was more like— I forgot so, about our audience. <laughs> sorry if it's distracting as you're listening to this, and you're like, what the fuck is that sound in the background? Just Craig. No, Hannah's used to it at this point. I was not apologizing to her. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. Okay, so two okay. points of views. Cole yeah. Blackwell. Yes, he's an artist. He's at a show. What and kind of, like? An art show, like a, a gallery opening sort oh, of thing. He's like that kind of artist, not like a, a musical. No, he is an art artist. He does. <laughs> that was like one of the dumbest things I've ever said. <laughs> no, but it helped. I got it that way. <laughs> yeah, he primarily does sculpture. And some painting. Um, and his rival, Alistair Shaw, is also there showing pieces. Um, Cole is super haughty, very annoyed that Alistair is even talking to him. He exclusively calls him Shaw just to piss him off. You meant haughty, H-A-U. I did. Not like, he's a super hottie. No, like- he is super hottie. <laughs> Not he is a super hottie. Classic mix-up. <laughs> so Cole is super annoyed by Shaw. He's like, you are literally the worst. You're so fucking stupid. Get away from me. Um, but he sees this girl, and he is like, ugh. Like, literally not a fan. Her, She clearly bites her fingernails. She's, like, looking a little unkempt. She's, like, shoving food in her mouth. She's obviously a starving artist. Like, I am not into any of that. Um, But he's kind of watching her and sees uh, somebody get, like, dump wine all over her white dress. And Mm -hmm. he's like, ah, she's going to, like, run away now or cry or freak out or whatever. And the girl just kind of looks at it and shrugs a little bit, grabs another glass of wine and goes to the bathroom and comes out. He's like, she must be trying to get the stain out or something. She comes out of the bathroom and she's basically like tie-dyed her dress in wine. So, <laughs> And he's like, huh. Respect. Yeah. He's yeah. like, that's kind of pretty actually. Good job. <laughs> um, so Shaw sees him watching this girl and starts to mock him for being attracted to her. And Cole is like, you literally don't know what you're talking about. Why are you the most annoying fucking person on the fucking planet? Like, I hate your face. But he doesn't say any of that. He's very, like, cold and reserved. He's so, very cold and reserved. He, mm, oh, good job. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> sorry. So Shaw is a serial killer. Um <laughs> <laughs> Shaw is a serial killer. And so apparently— So maybe you shouldn't be rude to him? No. But but Cole is going to be rude to him because Cole is also a serial killer. So they're aware of each other, but they don't get along. So Two Shaw, serial killer artists in the same community. Yes. Um, what are the odds? So Shaw's like, do you see my, my latest work? Referring to a body that was found recently, really severely mutilated. It was really bad. Um, and Cole is like, you are a hack. In everything you do, you're the worst. Um, Cole's like- Your art and your killings are derivative. Ba- basically, yes. Like, <laughs> he he literally calls him Ted Bundy. He's like, can you not be original, Ted Bundy? Why are you like this? So, <laughs> um, yeah. So Shaw exclusively kills women. 
Cole exclusively kills men. Um, <laughs> and he knows that he's better than Shaw in everything. Um, in, in all everything. ways, literally. Um, but this this show tonight is a competition. He knows that his piece is better than Shaw's, but he has made some enemies in the art community, so he winds up losing um, to Shaw. So he's very annoyed, but he also is like, I don't actually care. I know that I'm better than him. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So the next day, an article comes out from the art critic that really doesn't like him. Um, it basically just slamming his whole piece and, and praising Shaw. And so he's like, hmm, I think he's going to die. So he goes, like, stalks him a little bit, lures him back to his studio because no one has ever been inside his studio. Um, He makes his own equipment. It's all very hush-hush and very secretive. Mm. And so um, this art critic is like, hell, yeah, I want to see your your studio. That sounds awesome. Oh, not Shaw's going to die. The art critic is going to die. The art critic's going to die. So he goes and— Cole kills him, and then he strips the bones and decides to use them in his new piece. And so he strips the bones, shapes them a little bit, dips them in gold, and makes makes a a statue, an art installation, out of this guy's fucking bones and then shows it. That is ballsy (laughs) on, like, that's, like, next level. And then he sells it for— Three quarters of a million dollars. And he has this like sick satisfaction that it's going to be um, displayed like in the lobby of a tech firm. He's like, hey, hey, like, oh my God. I yeah. feel like that's the sort of thing that like 10 years later, there's like a news yeah. art, like a news headline that you see that's like human remains found right. in art exactly. installation at. Whatever. Exactly. Um, so Shaw's really jealous. Again, Cole's like, I don't care about you, so mm-hmm. you can feel however you want. Just go away. So then we cut to our female lead. Her name is Mara Eldritch. Um, she's is this tie-dye wine girl? Yes. Okay. Um, so she's a struggling artist. Um, she's working three jobs. Um, she's very stressed all the time, very busy. She lives with seven other artists who are also struggling in this, like, dilapidated Victorian house in San Francisco that's falling down. Um, But she loves her art, and she's like, things are going to get better. I don't know how, and I don't know, in in, like, what sort of fairy godmother is going to happen to me, but things are going to get better. I just have to keep pushing. So she promises her roommate, Erin, that she's going to go meet her at an art show. Um, She rushes over there. She sees the piece that Cole created with the bones, and she's really, like, taken by it. She's, she thinks it's amazing. Um, and then Shaw approaches her and starts mm. chatting her up. But her roommate, Aaron, uh, had dibs. On Shaw? Yeah. Uh, Shaw will fuck anything that moves at these parties. Mm. And her roommate was like, I feel like it's my turn for that because— <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to be making the move. So Godspeed, my friend. So she slips away when her roommate comes up, and she starts walking home. 
And all of a sudden, she hears this sound behind her, and she turns around, and she just, it's, she says, it's described as, like, this charging bull, basically, like, coming at her. Um, And so she gets hit in the head, like, taken down to the ground. There's a hood over her head. And then she wakes up um, in a trunk, naked, bound, and gagged, and with the hood over her head still. And she can't get out of the trunk. She's, like, trying to figure out a way out. Nothing's working. Um, and a man finally comes around and pulls her out of the trunk um, and just drops her on the ground. So she's, like, hogtied. So her arms mm. and legs are, like, up behind her. So she can't do anything to protect her face or or anything. Um, he doesn't recognize the voice. Um, he's, like, telling her not to struggle. Um but she's like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then he um, he pierces her nipples. What? Yeah. So my notes say he pierces her nipples, dot, 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 the fuck, question mark. Um, yeah. So she's like naked in this like BDSM strappy leather, but she's she's naked. And then he pierces her nipples and slits her wrists and leaves her there in the woods. So quick pivot. <laughs> yeah. When you said hogtie, it reminded me of a story. Uh. What? Why is it that whenever I say, like, <laughs> I have a question, or this reminds me of something, you cringe? No, it's because it's not that. It's that... I just described this woman being hogtied and having her nipples pierced and her wristlet against her will. And so I'm like, what sort of story goes with that? Okay, that is valid when you say that. That's um, what it is. It, the story is entirely based on the word hogtie. Okay, noted. So when I used to work crisis in Nashville, <laughs> we had police bring a woman in for an assessment one night. And she went fucking off. like. She, like, went into the bathroom to give her, like, UDS sample. Um, Like, she's in there forever. When they walk in, she's, like, shattered the tops of, like, the toilet seat. Like, taking the toilet lids off, cracked them. Nice. um, Clogged the sinks with, like, wet paper towel. Like, it's just, like, destroying property left and right. So while we are working on hospitalizing this woman because— she was not going to jail for this. She was not mentally well. Right. She was being hospitalized. Um, but she was still acting a fool. And so police are there. They're assisting us with, like, managing and maintaining her. Um, and it got to the point that, like, she was hogtied in our lobby. Like, while we are calling hospitals, this woman is hogtied in the lobby. And the overnight supervisor, Keisha, has no fucks to give. I love this woman with every fiber of my being. <laughs> like, she is a absolute queen. And I just remember this woman, because I was, like, out on a call. I come in, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? This woman is hogtied. Police are just, like, <laughs> sitting there. Cops are just hanging out. Right? This woman is, like, yelling to Keisha, who's, like, at her desk trying to call hospitals. And she's like, Miss Keisha, can I have a snack? <laughs> and Keisha's like... How are you going to eat a snack when your hands are tied? <laughs> and a few minutes later, she's like, Miss Keisha, can I make a phone call? She's like, how are you going to make a phone call when your hands are tied? <laughs> and so whenever I hear the word hogtie, I have this very vivid mental image of this woman just being hogtied 
<laughs> because we could like yeah we had no other she option she was gonna hurt herself she was gonna hurt us we're trying to hospitalize her that's where we need like the like a blow dart with Haldol. Okay, the number of times I recommended that. Right? I was like, guys, I will go get trained. I will take classes. I will make sure I do not hit you while you are restraining them. (laughs) They're like generous offers, Chelsea. (laughs) I don't know if our liability insurance covers Lodart Health All. And I was like, but it should. And it could. Have we asked? I was like, we need a better plan then. (laughs) The issue is not with me. So So getting back into this like super dark, situation that's not nearly as fun as my hog tie no it's super fucked so she her wrists are slit and she's tied up in the woods um and the was she was she already wearing the no the outfit they changed her into that okay yeah she was wearing like a little velvet dress okay that's gone and she's wearing this leather thing okay so we then switch to Cole's point of view again. He is dumping the rest of the critic's body in an abandoned mine, which is one of his usual dumping grounds. And he has like a bleach and chemicals he uses. So nothing's ever going to be traced back to him. Um, he, you know, Cole's not worried about getting caught. He's very arrogant. He's like, none of this matters. I'm, I'm untouchable basically. Mm. So he starts walking back through the woods and he sees a lump. In the path, and he's like, the fuck is that? That is a girl who was not here when I walked out here. What the fuck is that? Mm. So he realizes that um, Shaw left this girl for him to find because he thought that he was attracted to her before. So Shaw's whole thing is that he believes that Cole is just as impulsive and... um, uh, like uncontrolled as Shaw is. Um, and Cole is like, I am, that's not who I am at all. Mm-hmm. So this was, was Shaw's attempt to get him basically to collaborate on a kill and like prove that he's just as impulsive um, oh by using this girl that he just happened to see Cole watching during this party. So Cole is- Poor girl. Someone poured wine all over her dress. She tie-dyes it and makes them the most out of it. And so- now she's the target no. for two serial killers. <laughs> it's not ideal. It is not. So um, she is clearly bleeding. He sees her in this BDSM getup. Um, he is livid that Shaw did this so close to his dumping ground because he realizes he can't use it anymore. Um, his The mine he was using was like half a mile or, or three quarters of a mile away. Um, from where the girl is. And he's like, well, I can't fucking use that anymore. Fuck. Um, so that's what he's upset about. And um, so he he realizes what, what Shaw is doing. So he's like, so how do I, the only way to win here, right? So he thinks I'm going to finish killing her. Or I could try to save her. But either way, that is, that's playing his game. The only way to win here is not to play. So he leaves her there. He just steps right over her and keeps walking. Oh. Yeah. So we're back oh. to Mara. Um, so she knows that she's bleeding out, but she starts to hear footsteps. Um, and she's very clear that these footsteps sound different than the footsteps of the man who brought her out. 
the footsteps of the first guy were very heavy and kind of lumbering. And these sound very like light and um, whatever. Fairy feet. Fairy feet. Sure. Fluffy feet. Um, Fluffy feet. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I don't know. Um, I feel like that's. Never mind. That's happy feet. <laughs> I was like, isn't that something to do with the penguin? Say, like, like the penguin movie? Yeah, that's something to do with the penguin. Anyway, so um, she thinks that she is hallucinating because she's like, nobody else is out here. I'm in the mm. middle of nowhere. If it's not the guy who dumped me here, who the fuck else is going to be out here? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sees the most beautiful man ever on the face of the planet standing over her. And she's like, oh, my God, it's death. He's here. Hey. <laughs> she's still gagged, so it's not like she can say anything. <laughs> uh, it was an internal, hey. Basically. Um, and then he starts to step over her, and she is fucking pissed. And she's, like, trying to scream around the gag, like, getting him to come back. And he just, like, leaves her there. So she's like, great. That was 100% my last chance of getting out of this bullshit. So what do I do here? She realizes that her arms are very, like, slick now because of all the blood. And so Would she— Would we—dare we say slippery I almost blood? said slippery. Like, I knew you were trying not to, and I just I wanted really to be was. an asshole. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's what our friendship is founded on. It is. So she gets out of the zip ties— Um, and is able to get the binds off her feet as well. And she has some trouble standing. She's lost a lot of blood, but she uses the duct tape that was over her mouth to bind her arm that's bleeding the worst. She is very resourceful. She's very resourceful. She's like, I am not fucking dying out here. And so then she takes off through the woods. She's like, this is not ideal. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know if I'm going in the right direction but this seems right. So I'm just going to keep going Mm -hmm. and hope for the best. And she falls and she's like, maybe I should just fucking stay here because this fucking sucks. But then she hears her mom's voice in her head calling her a little whore and like all this other stuff. And she's like, she's like, you know what? Um, I'm not dying here. I'm not doing it. I'm not fucking doing it. And so she keeps going until she stumbles into a road. And that's, where that chapter ends. <laughs> so we're back to Cole. So he's been watching the news for information about the girl or the art critic, but there's been nothing. So he decides to break into Shaw's house because he can't go back to the mine. He mm-hmm. wants to see if Shaw disposed of the body there, um, the girl's body, but he's like, I can't go back there, obviously. Mm-hmm. So... um He goes to Shaw's and just starts rummaging through his stuff, knowing full well that there were cameras in there. He was like, hey, buddy, like touching everything, (laughs) like touching all of his stuff. He's like, let's play. Yeah. It's not your game, but let's play. Exactly. So then he pours himself a glass of wine and Shaw comes into his own house and Cole is like, would you like some wine? (laughs) (laughs) Some of your wine that I just took from your fucking stuff. Um, and so Shaw is like, so what did you do to the girl? Like, before you dumped like, her he in the mine. Like, he powwow. Yeah. He's like, tell me all about it. Like, what did you do before you dumped her in the mine? 
Um, and Cole is like, he doesn't know that I left her there. Mm. So does that mean he didn't go back to check? Or does that mean she was gone when he went back to check? That's a big yikes. But I can't ask him. So um, Shaw also very clearly has a pretty significant hatred for women. Um, and he, he did fuck uh, Mara's roommate, Aaron, um, and stole her ID. So he shows the ID to Cole and he notices the address. Um, he is adamant that he didn't touch the girl. He's like, I don't kill women. I didn't touch her. Um, and then he tells Shaw, if they're ever alone in the same room again, um, only one will leave breathing. He's like, I'm so fucking done with you. You're just stupid and I hate you. This feels like it escalated. It did, yeah. This has been going on for years, and we find out more detail about that, I think, actually, in the second book. Um, I forgot to mention, this is a duet. Um, So we find out more detail about the rivalry and how it escalates in the second book. Um, So he decides he's going to go to the girl's house because he saw the roommate's ID, saw the address. He decides he's going to go to the house. Um, He watches as people start to leave for the day, and then, um, wouldn't you know it, the girl steps out of the house and he is like, my notes say he's flummoxed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good vocab word. <laughs> it is. And he is. He is like, what the fuck is happening? Is this a ghost right now? Um, and so he follows her to a cafe where she's waiting tables like nothing happened. She's just going about her brunch shift. I love her. Yeah, she is living her best life. She didn't give a single shit. She's like, okay. She's like, you know, shit happens. Here we are. Yep. Back on that grind. I got bills to pay. Didn't kill me. So here we go. So um, he knows that she saw his face, but he doesn't know if she saw Shaw's face. Mm. So he's like, this is a conundrum. And he's super pissed that he doesn't know how she survived. He's like, how, like, she was lit, half dead. Mm-hmm. There's no way she made it out of the woods by herself. Who helped her? I don't understand. And then also he has this weird thought that he wishes he had taken a photo of her all tied up like that because he was super into it, but he's starting to lose the details now. And I'm not going to give you Poor this, baby. the description because he gets very descriptive of that, and that's not my favorite thing. Um, so we're back tomorrow. Um, this is, I guess, a few days previous. She wakes up in a hospital bed, um, strapped down. They think that she tried to kill herself. And she's like, are you fucking stupid? Do you not see the the marks on my wrists and on my ankles? Do you not see that he pierced my fucking nipples? Like, are you kidding me right now? And they're like, um, nah. You've got some old self-harm scars. So did mm-hmm. the guy do that too? And she's like, uh, obviously not. Um, and the the cop's like, you into some kinky sex stuff? Went a little too far. And she's like, well, he slipped my wrist and left me to bleed out in the woods. So yes, I would say things went too far, officer. Like, she yeah. is not pleased. Um So she doesn't tell them about the angel of death hallucination she had because she figures they already think she's insane and she doesn't want to make it worse. So she's released after four days um, 
And she only tells one of her roommates. She tells Aaron what happened, but she doesn't tell anybody else. Um, she doesn't. She says she doesn't want to talk about it any, anymore. She's like, I can't do this, Aaron. I don't. I. I don't want to say anymore. But tell me about what happened with you and Shaw. And Aaron is like, Oh yeah, we hooked up, but I haven't heard from him. Um, and Mara's like, I'm sure we'll see him again soon because they they're all in the art scene, so mm-hmm. it's a very small sort of insular community. Um, so insular is also a good vocab. I'm really killing it today with my vocab. Maybe not with the rest, but <laughs> you're like much like these serial killers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're bringing good vocab words. I'm bringing bad puns, and I apologize. I'm appreciating it. I mean, it's a good balance. <laughs> so even though she is like showing up to work and she's just like doing her thing. She's not doing great. She's having a lot of nightmares um, and some general hypervigilance, clearly some acute stress disorder um, that needs treatment. So it doesn't become post-traumatic stress disorder, but she doesn't have any money or health insurance. I love that you clarified that for everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And so after a few weeks, things start, seem to be getting better. Um, she got her waitressing job, her bartending job, and her job um, uh, walking dogs. She got all of her jobs back. And her roommates help her out with money because she couldn't work for like a week. Um, and so she is still having all of these really, really bad nightmares, but it's getting easier for her to fake it during the day. Um, so we switched to Cole's point of view. Um, he is stalking Mara online now. Um, she's not into like self-promotion. She doesn't um, like post a lot of like long rambling things about herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of her friends use her as a model. Um, that's like a common thing for artists to do for each other. And so he finds lots and lots and lots of photos of her, um, but doesn't really get to know her too well there. And then he sees that she posted about needing studio space. And he's like, I have studio space. I think I may have a plan. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. What? No, the- I think that was all. <laughs> it was just that sound. <laughs> just that sound. I think I had more thoughts, and then I think they. What I went with was better encapsulating all of those thoughts. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so he like in this chapter and in, in his internal thoughts, he's th- he compares himself to a god. He's like, I control everything in my world. Um and but he says, um, you know, I'm a god, but even Zeus was fascinated by mortals occasionally. So he's like becoming obsessed with this girl, but he's comparing himself to Zeus. It's just weird. Um, So what cluster B diagnoses are we going with for him? Antisocial, buddy. Yeah. And a little narcissistic. With some narcissistic traits, for sure. Yeah. So he then breaks into her room when he knows that she's out walking dogs and it's going to be a few hours before she gets back. And he finds her sketches everywhere. um, And... um, He's really intrigued by all the talent that he sees. He just starts kind of rummaging through her stuff, sees, you know, she's reading Dracula. um, And he lays in her bed 
and really likes her scent. And then he is like getting off on the idea that maybe when she lays down next time, she'll smell him and either be afraid or also turned on. And then he finds, he finds what he assumes are panties from the night before on the floor. And so. Does he masturbate into them? Yeah, he smells them and then he masturbates into them. Um, And he also licks them. It's really cringy. It's just, it's, it is what it is. So then he just drops them back on the floor. He's like, I'm just going to leave these here. And so he's looking around her room. She lives in the attic of this house. And he realizes that the house behind hers has a window that looks directly into her room. And he's like, I am going to go call my real estate agent. (laughs) So we're back to Mara. She's late for a date with a guy she's been seeing on and off for a couple of months. Um, she doesn't really like him very much at all, but mm. she's like, eh, whatever. Like, he fills the time. That's convenient enough. So she's rushing around to get dressed. She finds, she grabs the underwear off the floor, and then she realizes that they're wet. And she's like, am I, did I just start my period? And then she's like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? And so she starts to like freak out a little bit. And then she starts to try to rationalize. Like maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe one of my roommate's friends got up here or something. Um, But she can't tell if, if anybody's been in the room otherwise. So then she just leaves without underwear on. She's like, whatever. Does she only own one pair? Well, So she hasn't done laundry in a really long time, and that becomes relevant later. So she goes without underwear. She meets her date. He is a dick, but she just rolls with it. She's like, I honestly don't even care. If you're going to buy me dinner, I don't even give a shit. Um, And I think we've all been there. Amen. Did I ever tell you about my cousin who, when she was single and was dating, was very much on a tight budget? She used to strategically plan her Tinder Bumble, whatever app matching dates to be every other night. And then she would make sure she brought home her leftovers. That's brilliant. For, for the off night. Yeah. So she's like, I never have to buy myself dinner. And I was like, work it. You know, good for you, girl. It's a hell of That's a strategy. That's a great plan. Yeah. It's a hell of a strategy. Um, so he didn't even notice that she was missing for five days. Um, cause they really only get together like once a week or so. Mm. Um, he touches her ear, um, when he's trying to push her hair behind her ear and she flips the fuck out. She hates having her ears touched and she like has told him that multiple times. Um, and then he's a real asshole about it, but then he apologizes later, um, and touches her thigh and he's like, is this okay? And she's thinking, this is the first time someone's really touched me since someone tried to kill me. This is, mm. we're going to see how this goes. So, um, he asks her if it's okay when he touches her thigh and she just kind of nods or whatever. Um, she just smiles through it and he keeps going until he realizes she's not wearing any underwear. And he thinks that she did that for him and starts, like, playing with her under the, ta- under the table and doesn't seem to notice that she is, like, quietly losing her shit. So she finally fully freaks and says she has to leave. 
Um, and he's real pissy about it, but she really doesn't care. So she gets home and pulls her mattress out of her bedroom onto her balcony um, to sleep because it's too hot in her room. So she just kind of lays down and decides she's going to put on some music and just finish the night. Um, Back to Cole. I know. Tell me. You look flummoxed. <laughs> you know, I was thinking like, I don't know what I was thinking, actually. I have a lot of thoughts. and That's how I felt reading this whole book. Like the entire, well, the duet. The whole time reading it, I had a lot of thoughts. Okay, so she pulls her mattress out to her balcony. Yep. Okay. Now we're at Cole's point of view. Okay. So he finds that the house behind Mara's is on Airbnb and convinces the guy to cancel all of his guests for the rest of the month and pays for the month to, to rent the house. Um, so he is a dick and he's like, I don't understand why this girl fought so hard to survive. Her life is absolute garbage. Like, look at it. None of it's good. Mm. Um, and so then he goes and sets up like a, uh, what's that? A telescope. I'm like, what's the thing called? Um, I just want everyone to know <laughs> Hannah trying to figure out the word for telescope and the hand motions accompanying <laughs> them. It was, she was, it was very much like a shake weight motion. Um, it was. Thank you for sharing are, are that. Are shake weights still a thing? Do, I don't know. I wonder if they were discontinued or if they Who even have bought them? A lot of people. Apparently. Did they buy them to use them or buy them as gag gifts is probably the real <laughs> question here. That's fair. But a lot of people did indeed. I'm, there was a season. There was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then I feel like they were in like an SNL skit or something. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. For everything a season. Yes. <laughs> Including I was literally weights. just thinking that. Okay. Um, so he sets up a telescope um, and watches her put the panties on that he came in. And he is super turned on by that and decides to follow her on this date that she's on. Um, watches her date and is very confused by his reaction. Um, he's never felt jealousy before, and so he's like, what is this? Wait, I'm confused because she didn't put the underwear on. Or she put them on, and then she realized they were wet, right. and then she took them off. So he okay. watches that he whole thing. He watched the whole thing. And he gets turned on by how freaked out she is. Um, he does not understand jealousy, but he is pretty sure that's what he's feeling. He's mm. like, the fuck? Um, so then he is super pleased when she leaves. Um, so he follows her home, watches her pull her mattress outside, um, and rain starts falling, and he expects that she's going to, like, jump up and pull her mattress back inside. But instead, um, she gets naked, and he watches her lay on her mattress outside naked in the rain, um, listening to music, um, and he reads her lips because she's, like, singing along to the song mm -hmm. and Googles it so he can also listen to the same song. And then she starts touching herself, so he does too, obviously. 
Um, and he doesn't understand why he is so freaking fascinated by her. This is un- so unsettling. Yeah. It's not going to get better. So she's freaking out about studio space. The studio space that she was using, she can't use anymore. But then she gets this uh, email from someone that she doesn't know offering her this really incredible deal. And she's like, honestly, I probably did apply for this like young artist grant or whatever. But, and I just don't remember because she was so frantically looking for space. Um, And then, you know, she, somebody tried to kill her. So she's had a lot going on. Yeah. So way to rationalize and justify Justify, girl. Exactly. So she's super excited and goes, the place is perfect. There's no deposit. It's very affordable, gorgeous, wonderful light, all these great things. Um, And she's like, you know what? Maybe this is my good thing for all the shit I've been going through. Like maybe things are finally looking up. This is pretty amazing. Um, And she's told that there is also a um, grant available um, from the Artist Guild and um, that she is eligible for. And she's really, really excited. It's a lot of pressure. So she she's working on a collage or something when the guild members show up um, and they're coming to like view her piece to decide if she's going to be in this special mm-hmm. show and get this grant, whatever. Um, and she recognizes Cole as the man who left her to die, who is apparently on the board for the guild. Ooh. Plot twist. Um, so she is flipping the fuck out. Um, she knows she can't start screaming at him right now. So she's like, the fuck do I do? Um, I'm really not trying to look like a crazy person. So she very is struggling through her interview with the board. And then um, she... Cole just stares at her the whole time. So then they all file out, and then finally she snaps and chases him out of the room. So Cole is ecstatic at how freaked out Mara is. He is loving her discomfort and um, is glad that he has cameras in her studio so he can watch it back for himself later to watch how freaked out she is. hell, man. Yeah, it gets worse. So um, she comes out and— I don't know how to feel about the fact that, like, every single time I'm like, holy shit, you're like, it's not going to get better. And then I'm like, fucking hell. And you're like, it gets worse. Like, every single thing that I'm like, ugh, you're like, I know, right? Buckle in. Like, (laughs) reading this, I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, why am I doing this? But I just kept reading and I can't tell you why. Actually, I can tell you why. That's a lie. So I was doing a— a virtual training. (laughs) So I was sitting at home all day. Wait, was this when you did your virtual ethics training? No, no, (laughs) this was a different training and I didn't have to have my camera on. And so I was like, what am I going to read? So this is a book that I chose randomly to read during this training that I just had on in the background. And I was like, And I couldn't stop. It, I don't know. I can't explain it to you, but I did it. And now you're going to experience it also. Um, you know, what I do appreciate is that it's like, a, I read it so you don't have to. <laughs> this really like, is that. That is. This is definitely that. Well, and here's the thing. I feel like I read a Sophie Lark book. Maybe I'm getting my authors confused. She has some other stuff that's really actually pretty good. 
Okay. It's, not, it's not all this dark. No. Cr- Brutal Prince? Yes, I just read that one. Yes, I read Brutal Prince. And it was fine, but I also think it was forgettable because I just, as as you just heard, I went, was that the name? <laughs> and earlier you, you heard me be like, so the wall of Winnipeg and me, hands down. <laughs> Wait for it. Let me tell you about all of the characters and how they love each other and how they all interact and how adorable it is. And how much I love it all. Yeah. And this one, I'm like, I'm like 80% confident that was it. Like, yeah. I could not tell you what that book was about, nor am I asking to be. I mean, I could tell you, but you don't want to know. It yeah, doesn't like, matter. Yeah. Like I read it and I already forgot this, it. But this is like, a book that I will remember, but not fondly. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so he's really excited, um, has cameras in the studio so he can watch the playback of her losing her shit. Yes. Okay. So he agrees to talk with her when she comes out and just she's like, can I speak with you, Mr. Blackwell? (laughs) So then as soon as they get into an empty studio, she's like, accuses him of kidnapping her um, and cutting her. And he's like, what are you talking about? That wasn't me. Um, and he realizes that she does not know who did it. Mm. Um, so she didn't see Shaw's face. Um, but he knows that she, that he realizes that she knows that Cole was in the woods, but she doesn't know who actually kidnapped her. This question does not matter at all. It's just for my own understanding. Not even my own understanding. I understand plenty. (laughs) (laughs) We wish we could understand less. Is Shaw spelled S-H-A-H or S-H-A-W? S-H-A-W. His name is Alistair Shaw, which is a weird name. So Hannah and I used to work for the same company, and we had a coworker whose first name was Shaw. And we love Shaw. We adore Shaw. Mm-hmm. He will probably never listen to this podcast. Probably not. <laughs> if he randomly hears this, I would absolutely crack up. Um, but, like, we love him. And whenever mm-hmm. I think of Shaw, I think of our friend Shaw. <laughs> Not a weird who, serial killer. Like, Shaw's from Pakistan. And, like, every time you'd see him, like, his hair would be different. He had this, he has this, like, incredible mustache that, like, yep. he can grow overnight. So, like, I swear we'd be, like, see him one day on, like, a work meeting link. And he'd have no facial hair. And the next day I'm, like where the hell did that full-ass beautiful mustache come from, my guy? Yeah. And so every time you say Shaw, I think of our- You think of our Shaw. Our mustached Shaw. Our mustachioed friend. Who, like, we always also used to laugh when we were working because we would be on links, like, and we were all, like, peers (laughs) on the same level. And Shaw would be wearing, like, a sweatshirt, or his, like, shirt would be, like, unbuttoned, like, a couple, but, like, not, like, weirdly, just, like- yeah, I'm just comfortable. And then whenever we had a meeting with our boss, like we'd like literally be like, okay, we're getting off of this Google Meet link to hop onto this Google Meet link. And we hop on and Shaw's shirt is like fully buttoned all, all the, the way, way up to the top. So we started calling it top button. We're like, like oh, we're like, we're top button professional. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's well, the, the quick turnaround is you just do all the buttons. And so this and is what I'm thinking of. And now we're professional with our mustache. Well, nothing professional is going on between 
Cole and Mara. Um, Can we keep talking about Arsha? I think <laughs> she's like, I don't want to hear anymore. I think I might like that better. I'm sure that you would, but we're we're in it now. So um, she threatens to go to the cops, and he's like, you're just going to look more insane, and you're going to lose your studio space and any chance at this grant. Is that really what you want to do? You want to kill your, kill your career? Is that what you want? Um, and so... Uh, he, she pulls up her shirt sleeve and shows the scar from where her wrist was cut. Um, and she is like, um, uh, he points out the, the scars from her self-harm and he is, he, he says that she is a walking beacon for predators. Um, and said she probably had an alcoholic father who never loved her. Um, and she's like, actually, that was an alcoholic mother and a shitty stepfather. Thank you for playing. And um, uh, he, she continues to threaten. There's like this whole exchange. And he's like, go ahead, honey. No one will believe you. You go do whatever you want. Um, so he, she asks, she's like, why are you doing this to me? Like, I don't understand. Why would you offer me studio space? Why are you doing this? And he's like, because I want to. So we're back to Mara's point of view. She is losing her ever loving shit. She's like smacking herself in the face, like trying to like calm down. And she doesn't know, she, she doesn't know what's real. She's like, maybe I saw his face at a party and I really did hallucinate him in the woods. And then she's like, no, no, he was there. I know that he was there. He was. Trust your gut here, queen. Right? Where are our instincts? Um, So then she starts thinking about all of the emotional and verbal abuse that she suffered from her mother as a child. And she is like, nope, I am not. She she has like urges to self-harm. And she's like, nope, I don't do that anymore. And so she goes ham on this canvas and just starts painting like mad. And it's her, basically a self-portrait of her bound and gagged and bleeding. Um, And... Uh, she's basically in a daze and paints all night. Mm-hmm. So Cole is watching all of this. So he's watching her in her studio. Um, his assistant comes in and he's like, yeah, Mara won the grant. And she's like, don't you need to talk to the rest of the guild? And he's like, no, I do not. Mara won. Thank you. And um, there's a random reference that he had a really shitty father, but a very, very wealthy family. Um he doesn't understand why he's so excited. He's just, he really doesn't, he, he can't comprehend human emotion. Um, so he just watches her paint all night. So then in the, Mara, in the morning, Mara is cleaning up and um, starts to walk out for her brunch shift. Mm-hmm. And um, she sees that there's a camera in her studio. She's like, fuck. She's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's going to spray like, paint him? I don't like that. So um, she, she. Is she going to spray paint them? No. Oh. But she runs into Cole's assistant, um, whose name I think is Sonia. I literally could not bring myself to give any shits about his assistant's <laughs> name. But um, she tells. Mara, that she got the grant, gives her the check for $2,000. Mara's like, oh, my God, you're my fairy godmother. You're amazing. Um, does, so, does Mara connect the dots no. on why she got the grant? 
No. She's even more confused. <laughs> so she goes home. <laughs> she tells her roommates about the money, um, but decides not to tell them that Cole was there the night she was attacked. Um, and she, uh, they're like, so why is he helping you? Are you, are you banging him? And she's like, no, I don't, I really don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. She's like, um, but I do know. So then Cole shows up at the restaurant where she works mm-hmm. um, and waits for her shift to end, um, demanding to eat with her. Um, she is furious and very, very skeptical about what, what's going on. Her, Rightly so. Her boss is shipping them from the jump. He is like, look at this handsome man. He is here for you. We love to see it. This is great. And he is basically a father figure to her. And she's like, can you please shut the fuck up? Right now, Arthur, like, can you not? Um, Arthur is not picking up the the vibes, though. So I had a boss. Not, I mean, obviously, it wasn't a serial killer situation, but I had a boss who like never quite picked up the vibe, but was very much like father figure situation when I was like living in Texas, and my parents were not living in Texas, and I was younger, and like I was in like holidays with him and his family, like kind of energy, and I told him I was like casually dating or like casually talking to this dude once he added him on Facebook <laughs> and then I'd have a whole ass conversation with this kid where he's like so I think we might be in different places oh and I was like what are you talking about he's like well like you're like your boss is adding me on Facebook and I was like he what <laughs> I was like well, we need to have a conversation about, I was like, not you and me have a conversation about that. Me and my boss have a conversation about that because I, I told him I was casually talking to someone and he did not read that vibe correctly that he should add you on social media. We're now in a very awkward place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the dude's not my husband. That's not who I'm marrying, <laughs> but still, damn. Okay. So... So um, they eat together. He says that he wants her to be his protege. And she's like, does that, are you, are you asking me to have sex with you? Like, I don't understand what's happening right now. And he's like, do I look like a man who needs to bribe women for sex, honey? Like, no, that's not what this is. Um, he says that he'll be her mentor and she'll do everything he says. Um, he says that he wants to know everything about her. So they're still eating. They're hanging out, I guess. Um, she explains that her father died um, and they didn't have much money, so food was very scarce. That's why she eats the way that she does. Like he, He's like struck with how much passion she has for food. Um, so then she says her mother remarried. Um, mom is a parasite. Dad, Stepdad's a psycho. She hasn't spoken to either of them in several years. Um, when I think of eating with gusto, I think of friends when Rachel is talking to Ross about how quickly he eats. And he's like, I grew up with Monica. If you didn't eat fast, you didn't eat at all. <laughs> that's Back before basically, Monica lost all the weight. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what's happening. Okay. Um, so she doesn't know um, how he got so much information out of her. She's kind of freaked out by that. Um, but she felt like he just listened. Like, he didn't judge or ask questions or say, like, oh, it's going to be okay. Or, oh, but that's your mom. He just listened. Um, So then she's like, I'm just going to go back to painting because I don't know what the fuck is happening in my life right now. So I've had enough of it. So Cole's Mara obsession continues. Um, He goes to her studio um, 
and she is really, really mad. Um, he goads her asking if she wants to hurt him. And um, she says, no, the evil men always try to make you break as bad as them. Hey there, smart puppies. We'll get you right back to the show in just a moment. But first, do you like us? Maybe even love us? Because we sure love you. And if you do love us, don't tease us. Tell us in those ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now. Maybe even send us over to a special sexy someone that would enjoy getting smutty with us. Because you know the first rule of Smut Club is to talk about Smut Club. All right, I won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. Okay, I feel like I missed something, and honestly, I don't know if I care that I missed it, because I feel like they just had, like, a nice dinner, and she was like, oh, look at him listening. Well, so he comes into her studio and tries to touch her paint. Like, he tries to touch her painting and, like, make Uh changes to it. I didn't explain that very well. Okay. And she's like, don't fucking touch my shit. (laughs) She's like, don't touch my shit. No, that would— be super offensive. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. So he um, realizes that she still thinks it was him that kidnapped her and slit her wrists. And yet she's alone in a room standing up to him. And so this is a direct quote. She's more twisted than I ever dared dream. He's like, look at how fucked up she is. I can't believe how into that I am. How lucky am I? Right. So she decides to um, walk to the show for her new painting rather than riding with Cole like he demanded. And he sent her a dress. She's like, not wearing it. She's like, I'm just not doing this. I'm not playing this game with you. So um, she uh, wants her painting to be the centerpiece. She's like, I'm not showing up on Cole's arm and have everybody distracted by him showing up with a woman for the first time ever. Mm. My painting needs to be the thing that's the most important here. Um, So she realizes she's getting to know him and all of the different masks that he wears to charm people and get what he wants. And she wonders if maybe he uses a mask with her too. Um, Like the coldness and all of that, maybe that's a mask. And um, her painting was basically a self-portrait of a woman restrained and shot through um, with arrows and knives and um like her head is caved in it's a very it's very violent art um and she called it the mercy of men i was like that is really fucking dark so so i apologize to everyone who's listening (laughs) um because i feel like what you you aren't getting from us and what you aren't getting from me is all of my facial expressions. <laughs> there are so many. And, there are so many. And I really feel like my facial expressions are their own journey. <laughs> but like, I, so instead, I'm just like sitting in silence. <laughs> Making a lot of faces. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I understand. I really do. Um, I really do. Uh, so we're back to Cole's point of view. He is livid that she didn't wait for him. Like, absolutely fucking raging. Um, He shows up, and um, he's concerned that Shaw is going to show up at the show and realize that she's alive because he Mm. doesn't think Shaw knows yet. So he um, 
he just wants to be with her all the time. Like, watching from afar isn't enough anymore. Fully a man obsessed at this point. Yeah. So he gets to the gallery, storms up to her to confront her, and um, she turns to him and said, says, I missed you too, sweetheart, and just kisses him full on on the mouth. He's like, who the fuck do you think you are not listening to me when I tell you to do some shit? And she's like, miss you too, babe. And they make out. So he kisses her back so hard she bleeds. Um, and they work the room. It's a whole thing. She pulls him into a an empty office because she is so turned on in the moment. So she decides to give him a BJ, but then it turns out the office wasn't empty. So there is somebody in there, and Cole offers for Mara to suck off this random guy first as an appetizer. Um, Does, yeah. Is, is the appetizer phrasing yours or Sophia Lark's? Or Sophie Lark's, not Sophia. Sophie Lark's. I don't think that's exactly, like, verbatim. I can't remember if you called it a warm-up or an appetizer, but it was something like— And a mousse-bouche. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It was something like that. Um, so Mara is—she gets up off the floor, and she's like, you know what? I was genuinely attracted to you, but you don't own me. So we're done here. Yes. I feel like— Can't keep— like, I'm not rooting for him. No. But I feel like all of, like, there are, like, these moments. I'm like, you just keep shooting yourself in the foot, my guy. Like, like is it? this close. Yeah. this close. So she walks out and grabs a tattoo artist who is, a, like, a friend of a friend that she's met before that actually did a tattoo she has on her ribs. Um, and she's like, you're coming with me. And pulls him out. So Cole is once again livid when he sees Mara leaving with another guy. Um he gets caught up talking to someone, but then the motion sensors go off in her um, studio. studio. And he's like, oh, thank God. She ditched the guy. She went back to work. This is great. But he pulls up the feed because he wants to see her and sees that she brought the guy with her to her studio. And so um, she starts blowing him. They have some super, like, super intense fuck session. They get covered in paint. Like, they knock paint over on the floor. They knock paint over everywhere. And then they wind up on a blank canvas fucking. And um, and Cole, she sells it for a quarter of a million dollars. Not quite. So Cole is furious and also turned on. Um, and But then he sees Mara, like, turn and look up at the camera. And so he's like, oh, she knows. God damn it. <laughs> like, he's like, she's okay. just as fucked up as I am. She did all of this on purpose, so I would watch. Um, and that is exactly, he decides she's even more vengeful and fucked up and perfect than he thought. So he jerks it. And then he's like, you know what? No more of this. The next time I come, it will be on Mara's face. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not inside her. Nope. On On, her fucking face. On her face. Um, so one of my coworkers did a... (laughs) My segues are fantastic. <laughs> They're on point today. Uh, one of my coworkers recently did a presentation on like considerations and sex therapy. Mm. And one of the things that she was talking about was porn and expectations created through porn and like fantasy. Right. And how she had a counseling client who was like, yeah, I'm gonna, can't wait to come on my girlfriend's face. And she was like, 
has she consented to that? And he's like, they love it in porn. <laughs> she was like, yeah, so maybe she doesn't watch the same porn as you, bro. Like, has she consented to that? He's like, no, but they always love it. Like, what? Like, and he, like, truly didn't understand. And to be fair, I don't think Cole has— he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't have a moral compass. But that's what I thought of. Consent does not matter to Cole. He doesn't care. At all. Not even a little bit. It so, matters to me. It, and to me. So the next morning, he gets to this, the office um, in his in the studio super early, and he smells Mara in the room, and he finds that she hung the canvas she fucked on in his office, like took down the art that he had hanging and hung that shit above his desk. Um, that is kind of the ultimate power move. Right? So he is thrilled by how, <laughs> seriously, by how spiteful she is. Like, he's excited about it. And then he has a moment where he sits and thinks about it, and he's, like, getting excited about how he's going to punish her. And then he sees she titled it Best Night of My Life, and he's, like, instant regret. Like, that could have been me. Like, and I'm an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. And so now it's not. So he then smashes. He loses his absolute shit. He is, like, focused on her submitting like, he was cruel, hoping that she would submit, but she didn't. So he's like, obviously, cruelty's not working for me. He loses his shit, destroys a priceless work of art um, with a golf club. Um, and this is a direct quote from the end of that chapter. He says, um, I loved that piece, but sometimes you have to kill what you love. So. I find you and I pull very different direct quotes when we're <laughs> outlining books. Like I'm, I'm pulling like, I'm going to come on your face. You dirty little cum slut. Like you, you little, like, like these, like he sucked her clit, like a nipple for milk. Like these are the quotes. And then I feel like I'm like, yours seem oddly poetic. Well, it, that one just stood out to me. I don't know why. But anyway, no, like, I, I mean, it, it, it was I like the it. first time where we're like, oh, he might actually kill her because up to this point, he's been mm. like obsessed with her. There hasn't been any violence from him towards her. Yours feels like, do you have your um, Kindle set where it will show you like what like the common underlines that like other people do? So it'll be yeah. 208 people have underlined this passage. Mm -hmm. Like that feels like a quote that like a lot of people would underline. Yeah. I think I just pull quotes and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and, and you're like, this one really stood out to me. <laughs> I'm like, well, it did. I'm like, well, yeah, that tracks. So then um, Mara, we're back to Mara. She feels guilty that she used Tattoo Guy. Um, and also really nervous about what Cole is going to do because she realizes he's going to retaliate. So the next morning, um, she finds out that another body was found, um, seriously mutilated with a tattoo in the same place as Mara's. Um, and her head was missing. Like, they have the same body type. It, she really starts to freak out. And then she realizes that the body was found about an hour after Mara left the party with the tattoo artist. So she's like, oh, fuck. Like, did he do that while I was mm -hmm. fucking this other guy? Um, and so then she throws up. Um, I mean, I get it. Yeah. 
Um, so we're back to Cole. He finds out about the new body, but he dismisses it because it's Shaw's work and it's trash. Um, and so uh, his she, killings are so derivative. So derivative. Um, so she's not at home. She's not at work. Um, and he decides he's going to put a tracker on her phone because he can't find her. And so then he goes to the, uh, to her social media, finds Tattoo Guy, and goes and finds Tattoo Guy and confronts him. And the guy is like, listen, man, I didn't know she had a boyfriend. And Cole is like, um, I am not a fucking boyfriend. She's my goddamn property. You will not ever touch her again. And... Tattoo guy's like, I don't even have her number, bro. She wouldn't give me her number. <laughs> like, I did a tattoo for her one time. Can you please stop? And Cole is he's like, like, I just thought I was having some good sex. He's like, literally, like, I just thought it was hot, man. What the fuck? So Cole is like, go get your tattoo gun right the fuck now. And the guy's like, okay. Oh, I'm so nervous. Yeah, you won't like this. So we switch to Mara's <laughs> point of view. She's in her studio late at night. She knows she can't hide from Cole. So she's just like, he's never going to cool off. Like, it's not like if I give him a couple days, he's going to be fine. So I'm just going to, we're just going to go with it. Mm. So she's painting her next piece in her series that she's doing, and it's the devil. Um, Cole shows up, scares the absolute shit out of her, and handcuffs her to a beam. Um, and then pulls out a tattoo gun and says that she can't have another man's mark on her body um, because she belongs to him. So he starts tattooing her ribs, which he exposed along with her tits as he ripped her fucking shirt off. And so she freezes. Like, she had been struggling really hard, but as soon as he, like, put the needle on her skin, she froze. And um, then... Mm, he starts playing with her pussy and shit, and she is really trying not to be into it, but she really, really is. And he demands that she admit that she belongs to him, and she will not do it. Um, so she comes super hard as he's finishing covering up the snake with a bunch of flowers. Um, so the snake is, like, peeking through. Was he also a skilled tattoo artist? Apparently. Yeah, that was another reason I couldn't get there with this book. So, yes, that's why. <laughs> just the lack of realism. <laughs> like, how would it how would this tattoo be rated on Ink Master? <laughs> exactly. Um, so the snake is still peeking through in some spots whatever. So then he releases her and demands that she tattoo him. And he she's like, "No, I'm not a tattoo artist. What the fuck?" And he is like, "I literally don't care what you want. You will do what I say right now." And so she does. She tattoos two snakes coiled around each other on his back, one black, one white. Um, uh, yeah. So then the next morning, I don't know, these guys. Are, these are I don't detailed know, guys. tattoos. They really are. Apparently, they took several hours, which, of course, they would if they were done well, um, which I doubt. Yeah, I, I highly doubt case. that if you don't know how to tattoo, that you're, like, going the right depth. Right, and we're freehanding all of this. On skin. Skin is not the same as paper or canvas. It's very different. But whatever. So it's morning. Cole's point of view. Cole asks him to walk with her. Um, he is just fascinated by how she sees beauty everywhere. Um, and she starts talking about how her... Um, it comes up organically, but it doesn't matter. Her stepdad used to make her stand with her nose against a wall for hours. And if she moved, the hour would start over. And so he would leave her there for hours and hours and hours. 
Um, and Cole feels something. He feels like really angry about that and he doesn't understand. Um, they're back. They walk back to the studio. They keep talking about their parents. Mara's mom's a monster. Cole's dad, also a monster. Um, and if you tell me they realize they're siblings, I will get up and walk out right now. <laughs> no, I was no, 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 no. We're not that far. We, we don't go that far. Um, so Cole like doesn't believe in love. They're doing all this other stuff. Um, she goes to leave. He's like, where are you going? We're having this, this conversation. And she's like, I have to go to work. I'm going to a bartending shift. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, great, I'll come with you. And so he sits in the corner and watches her tend bar all night. And then, um, some guys start hassling her and one smacks her ass. And so Cole beats the ever loving shit out of everybody, starts slicing people up with a broken bottle. And she's like, so we got to go. Like, we got to get the fuck out of here. So she pulls him out. Um, and she realizes that she probably just lost her job. And she is really mad. She needed that money. And Cole is like, you don't need that money. Your painting just sold for $22,000. So, no, you don't need the money. Um, so then he tells her to come to a Halloween party with him. And um, she's like, is this like a date? And he's like, no. And she goes, okay, well, I'm going to be Medusa for Halloween. So I guess I'll see you there. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's all a mess. Cole is then cleaning up his studio, like his private studio, not the public one where he rents other space. Um, and he thinks about bringing Mara there. Um, he drags a table to the center and like imagines laying her out on it and thinking of all the tools that he'll need. And he's like, I'm going to have to get all new everything because, and I'm going to have to design some special tools for her because no common drills and saws are going to be enough for my angel or whatever the fuck. Um, it's gross and weird and creepy. So they go to the party. Cole dresses as a Greek warrior who's turned to stone. So he like... I see. To go with Medusa. <clears throat> and they dance and make out. She's ready to bang him. Um, and they go to leave the party, and Shaw shows up and sees her. Um, mm. I was wondering when he was going to return. Yeah, and he gets really weirdly excited. So she doesn't know that Cole is the one, or that Shaw is the one that kidnapped her. So he's, like, getting really weird, and she does not understand that. Um, and Cole says, she means nothing to me. Um, tell Shaw to stay away from her. She, she's furious. Um, and he's like, you, he, you don't understand. He's dangerous. Like, don't mm -hmm. go near him. And she's like, like, you're dangerous. And Cole is like, listen, okay. Shaw does what I do badly. Okay. So yes, like me. And so Mara realizes that he could kill her at any time, like whenever the fuck he wants, but he just walks away and leaves her on the street. Um, so he continues to watch her, um, and then he sees a figure under her window um, outside her apartment and is like, oh, shit, I bet that Shaw follows him. Shaw winds up luring him into an abandoned building where he finds a woman dead, strung up with snakes and stuff in her hair to look like Medusa. Mm. Um, and then as Cole is walking around, he hears the cops show up, and he's like, great. Love this journey for me. So he realizes Shaw lured him 
to this mm-hmm. building with a fresh kill, called the cops. So he runs. Um, and um, he makes it home and realizes that killing Shaw is going to be a really big challenge um, and that Shaw's only goal will be to kill Mara. And so Cole's like, well, I can't protect Mara and kill Shaw. That shit's not going to work. Um, so he decides that Mara belongs to him and so does her death. So Shaw doesn't get to kill her. He's going to kill her. Um, so then I, I feel like that, that might be faulty logic. A little bit. Yeah. So Mara is at a laundromat, finally doing laundry for the first time in like two months. And, um, things are finally starting to fall into place. She realizes that Cole's been stalking her. Um, she realizes that he's also watching out for Shaw, um, figures out the whole scheme about Shaw kidnapped her, left her for Cole because he had said to her, you were given to me at one point when she says like, I'm not yours. I'm not yours. Mm. He's like, you were literally given to me. You are mine. So then Cole shows up at the laundromat and, um, fingers her against a dryer, um, telling her that it's time for her to come home to, to him. And she says no, that she wants to see his studio. He's like, fine, you just have to be fucking difficult, whatever. Yes, fine, the studio tomorrow night. So he is ready for Mara. Um, we're back to his point of view. Um, he, Mara shows up and he tells her that he hasn't made anything since his last piece, but he's starting something new and she's going to help him. It's a lot of like, like alluding to the fact that he's going to kill her tonight. So... um, she follows him through to the main studio. He shows her some other stuff. Um, and he, she sees the table set out with all of these apparent fucking torture devices. Mm-hmm. And he, she tells him that she knows that Shaw left her for him to find. Um, tells him that she doesn't believe that he'll hurt her. Um, and he's like, how much do you believe that? Are you willing to bet your life on it? And she's like, yup. And gets naked and gets onto the table voluntarily. And Cole is like, I have to admit, I was not expecting that. (laughs) So she's trying not to panic. He tells her that he knows everything about her and that he watched the video of her fucking that guy over and over and over and over and over again to learn what she likes. Um, And made a special vibrator to mimic the dryer from the laundromat. So she has some super intense orgasms. He is all so he's like an artist, a, like a a sculpturist, a sculptor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. A, he's a, a sculptor, tattoo artist, an engineer. Mm-hmm. He's mechanical engineer, apparently. Yeah, he's a he's. Talents are multifaceted. So I have a lot of detail about this sex scene because it is so fucked. Um, there's a lot happening. Um, he flips her over and starts spanking her at one point after she's had a bunch of orgasms with the dryer vibrator. Um, and she told him like, I don't like that. Don't do it. And he continues to do it. She reveals her stepdad used to do that to her a lot. Um, and then he starts being super sweet. Um, and like trying to care for her a little bit and then just straight up fucks her ass without warning. Um, 
it's just so much. Like this, it goes on and on and on. So finally she realizes that she's not tied down anymore, that he like laid down beside her and released her wrists. And so then um, she gets on top for a little bit, um, brings his hands up to her neck to squeeze, and then she blacks out. And she's like, if this is how I die, I feel like I'm cool with it. No. (laughs) So Cole washes her up and he just has this overwhelming desire to care for her and like whatever. He feeds her. They put on labyrinth. relevant in the second book (laughs) like I didn't have the detail when I outlined it at first but then I was like oh if we do the second book you'll you'll want to know Hannah about labyrinth Hannah Hannah don't tell me do we have to do the second (laughs) book absolutely don't we absolutely do not have to do the second book I was gonna say who hurt you and why do you hurt me by making us review Sophie this Sophie Lark hurt me. <laughs> Sophie Lark hurt me. <sighs> Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So he doesn't know when he decided not to kill her, but he's like, I don't, I don't want to. Like, I want to keep her around for a long time. So now we're at Mara's point of view. Cole drops her off the next morning and she kind of stumbles up to her room. It's locked from the inside, which is really weird, but she's able to like jimmy it open. Inside, she finds her roommate, Aaron, dead on her bed, apparently drowned, um, covered in flowers. And um, she's staged like a painting there. Mm. I think it's like Ophelia or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she, the six other roommates are all freaking out. She's screaming. They call the cops. Cole calls when the cops show up and because he's obviously he's watching her and um, she, she tells him what happened and he says, do not say anything to the police. Just keep your mouth shut. Do not talk to the cops. And she disagrees. She's like, this was Shaw. I know it was Shaw. He's mm. going to keep hurting women. This is not okay. Aaron deserves justice, blah, blah, blah. So, um, she talks to the cops, um, but Shaw has an alibi and no one will believe her. Just like when she said that she was kidnapped the first time, nobody believes her. Cole shows up and he's really, really angry, but he gets her out of, of interrogation and he takes her out to, um, out of the station and says that she is moving in with him, um, right now because he can't keep her safe by continuing to follow her. He's going to take care of Shaw. She just needs to stay safe. Um, And she uh, agrees with that assessment. And that is the end of the book. Stop. That is, that's where it ends. She agrees to move in with him. Yep. (laughs) I wish you guys could see Chelsea's face just crumpled. I don't even know what the emotion was behind it, but your whole face just crumpled. Mm. Mm. 
but I want alcohol <laughs> so badly. And this fucking kid I'm pregnant with, for him, I won't, but it's, but that book makes me want to drink. I, I know. I really do. Um, so what, what's our rating? I don't even want to rate it. <laughs> Paintbrushes. Yeah, that, that, that feels safe. <laughs> That's what we need right now. We need to feel safe. Let's talk about coping skills. Yeah. And emotional regulation. Yeah, maybe um, a nice warm bath. Um, it doesn't matter what the rating scale is. It's just one of that thing out of it, an infinite number of that thing. Human bone sculptures? <laughs> uh, how many the, human femurs? Are Ugh. there are there 106 bones in the human body? I thought there were 206. Is that how many? I'm going to look it up. How many bones? I don't know. I dropped a human anatomy in college. So. You were right. It is 206. Nailed I it. I got 06. You, you got the, the two. To, with our powers combined. Um, I remember... <laughs> I saw a card once that was like, the human body has 206 bones. When I'm with you, I have 207. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great line. Well, Um, if we're going to do it out of 206 bones, the answer is one. The answer is still one. And honestly, I think that's why I liked it. I was like, no. I was like, out of 10 paintbrushes, one is too many. Yeah. Um, It's one. It is like one pinky toe bone. Is it your pinky toe or your big toe that if you don't have it, you lose your balance? I don't know. I would imagine either would be a challenge. I think it's Fair. your big toe. Yeah. Without your big toe, you lose balance. Yeah. You, that would be hard to stabilize. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one out of 206 gold f- flaked <laughs> human bones. Yeah. So the thing about this book um, was that I was rooting for no one and I hated it. Like the story, (laughs) parts of the story, I was like, okay, I'm into the story actually. Like the premise of it is Mm. really interesting, but the detail was like I full body cringe all the time. And the second book doesn't get better. I don't even know why I read the second I'm one. I'm going to kindly and respectfully ask that we don't. <laughs> that we don't. And I'm going to honor that request because consent matters, and I'm going to honor that with you. Thank you, because then we'd have to like it end up like two out of four hundred and twelve bones, and that is too low of a rating. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so what? Whatever y'all do for self care. Yeah. You should you should go do that. You should prioritize that. You should do those things. I'm going to go sit in a dark room and think about my <laughs> life choices for a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm going to drive home and probably listen to, I don't know, like a Kendall Ryan book or something that is just the exact polar opposite of that. Whatever, whatever you need. Whatever helps regulate you. Well, I'm also going to delete the outline I have for the second book so that I don't ever (laughs) accidentally look at it. 
If we're not going to do it, I don't even want to accidentally look at it. I think that's a really fair assessment. Okay. Um, thank you for joining us on, on such a roller coaster, <laughs> on such a journey. I'm so wow. sorry, y'all. Holy I'm so, so shit, sorry. Y'all. I really am. Um, and I, I think the crazy part was like watching you like go through your outline. I was like, I can tell Hannah's skimming some parts of this. Like, I really did. It gets weirder and it gets worse. It really um, did by so, a lot. So go prioritize your self-care. Go prioritize whatever you need to do to mm-hmm. emotionally regulate yourself after that one. Um, and let us know what you do for your self-care. And I'd, I'd say your thoughts on the book, but I, I don't even feel like I, I want to recommend like read reading it, it and trying yeah. it. Um, so yeah, just you let us know what your self-care looks like, smut sluts. I will tell you what I took away from this book is that I should not get book recommendations off of TikTok. That's what I got from this book primarily. Um, but I appreciate y'all learning that lesson with me. But I, I think this book was exactly what was advertised. Like they're like, you want, you want some fucking dark shit? Here you go. And you're like, yeah, I'll go with some dark shit. And then you're like, oh, this was darker than That's not what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we all learned our lesson, I appreciate y'all. And we will see you next time, smut sluts. We're sorry and goodbye. Well, that's it for this week, smut sluts. We hope it was good for you because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing... It would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.